12, 1 and 2. Big idea is when you are transformed in Christ, you love to do what you ought to do. Right? You love to do what you ought to do. Um, we just heard the reading of that Romans passage in the RSV. These are the uh, two verses, Romans 12, 1 and 2, from the message. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. It's a little different. But I think it gets to what Paul is really trying to say. When you look at the, at the letter of Paul to the Romans, <clears throat> it's, uh, it kind of goes from the doctrinal to the practical. And the first um, 11... Uh, chapters, you could say, it's systematic theology. It's the gospel. <clears throat> Paul is talking about what it means to be reconciled with the Father through the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit to be saved, to become a child of God. And then in 12 through 16, it becomes more uh, practical. It's our obligation to God. We come to God through Christ and live for God through Christ. Everything changes. When our lives change, when we give our lives to God, we give our lives to God through Christ, everything about us is supposed to be different than it was before. When we reflect on God's mercies, we're moved to offer ourselves to Him. I think of mercy sometimes like, the school over here, we talk about fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Is that what defines me? If I'm a child of God, then the fruit of the Spirit ought to be evident in me, in the way I live. I think about forgiveness. God forgave me, so He wants me to forgive others. Paul asked for total commitment. <clears throat> Think about ham and eggs. The chicken is involved, but the pig is totally committed. We need to be, we need to be pigs. Well, it's true. The Greeks saw bodies as a prison or a tomb. That's not how Christians see it. Christians see the body as the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the body goes everywhere we go. The Holy Spirit goes everywhere we go. Hopefully, that's what's happening when we move around and we live our lives. 
Paul says we're to be living sacrifices. Warren Wiersbe says the problem with living sacrifices is that they keep crawling off the altar. So when things get a little tough, a little pressure, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but I'm not so sure. And God says, no, I want you to hang in there. I want you to follow through. I want you to see it through to the end. He talks about worship. Worship was work for hire or service. It was a voluntary undertaking that came to mean serve or service. You commit your life. It was service to the gods. In the Bible, it means service to and worship of God when Paul talks about that. And so total worship isn't just for Sunday. It's offering yourself to God every day. And that means no matter what it is you're doing, There was a monk back in the Middle Ages, Brother Lawrence, and Lawrence was uh, stuck in the scullery, pots and pans. That was his deal. His uh, fellow monks are down in the chapel singing and praising God, praying, and he's up here scrubbing pots and pans. And he finally says to God, this isn't right. It's not fair. I I don't want to do this. I want to be down there with them. And God says to him, there is as much glory in scrubbing pots and pans if you do it to the glory of God than those guys down there singing and praying. There is as much glory if you do it for the glory of God in changing a diaper. Ever thought about that? Probably not. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be in church to glorify God. We go to church to worship, absolutely. We come here um, on Sundays and other times and we sing and we pray and we receive the body and blood of Christ. Or we could go at work. We could do it at work or the mall or maybe going to a show or the ballpark or at home, maybe the shipyard, the factory, the office. It doesn't matter. Take God with you wherever you go. Am I mindful of that? Am I thinking about that? Or is is this part of my life just something that's here on Sunday morning? It happens when we're transformed. We need radical change. Paul says, do not be conformed to this world. There's a call to nonconformity. There's a call to holiness, set apart for the purposes of God. God said to Moses, don't allow the practice of the Canaanites. Don't follow the practice of the Canaanites. It was a constant problem in Israel and Judah. Israel had 22 kings, not a good one in the bunch. They're all bad. And at some point, you know, in Judges, for example, you start out here and you're, you're copacetic with God and then you start moving away from Him and moving away from Him and moving away from Him and finally you get to the bottom of the clock and they're stepping on your neck pretty bad and people cry out for God and a judge was raised up, a leader was raised up and it came back up to the top and it was good for 20, 40, 60, even 80 years. But then it would start all over again. I wonder where are we on that cycle right now?
heading for the bottom. I really believe that, and it's sad, but more on that in a minute. I really do think that's America today. I think we're in for God's judgment. God does not want us to be chameleons changing with the times. He wants us to be in the world but not of it. And things have changed. In 1939, Clark Gable uttered the first four-letter word ever said on the big screen. Gone with the wind. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. People couldn't believe it. Gasps everywhere. Have you been to the movies lately? Have you watched a music video lately? Have you been to a concert lately? I don't think damn is what it used to be. And people just say, oh, well, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. And that's sad. We've accepted it. We think, well, no big deal. And to God, it is a big deal because we've moved away from what we're talking about this morning, that transformed life, that Holy Spirit life that I take with me wherever I go, and I'm different than the culture and the society around me. We're living in a time of non-biblical morals and crazy worldview, all of it. God wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, meaning how I think. It's a metamorphosis. It's a trans, transfiguration. It's a change in how I see the world. It's a complete change. Only a renewed mind can discern the will of God. I loved it. Um, so Deion Sanders had his debut as the coach of Colorado, right? And Colorado was not supposed to beat TCU, but they did. In his debut, he beat TCU. What was the score? 42 to 40, something like that. His son is the quarterback, right? And I saw him after the game. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you, God. He just never stopped talking about God. I loved it. And I wondered, what are people thinking? He is a man of God, and he takes it with him wherever he goes. He's not, he's not thinking, ooh, what will they say if I, if I say stuff like this at the, at the school that I'm working for now and just played my first game? What will they think if on the broadcast networks? Or what? <laughs> that coach... Coach Kennedy just uh, got a reprieve. He was out there years ago, would go out to the 50-yard line after the game and kneel down and pray, and he, got, he lost his job, and he, won, he went to court, and he won. And it was a good thing. We've got to push back. We have to push back on this. It's one of the things I talked to the clergy in Tanzania about, and I, one of the talks I gave was a warning. I said, it's not happening now. It's not happening here where you are in Baharamulo, but it's happening in Dar es Salaam. It's not happening in Dar es Salaam like it's happening here, but it's happening there a little bit. And I said, as soon as you see something seep out of there into here, you need to stand up and speak against it in a very loud, powerful voice. And the voice of the church over there is loud, and it is powerful, and it is effective. And that's a good thing. Am I the same as I was? Am I still easily offended? 
Am I still judgmental? Am I still critical of others? Am I anxious? Am I suspicious? Am I lustful? If you want to know what I believe, watch what I do more than what I say. Am I consistent? Fred Hill has that famous expression. Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks more than your talk talks. Your walk talks, how you live your life talks. Your talk talks, but your walk talks more than your talk talks. It's how you live your life that matters, not what you say so much. You know, I love these hot mic moments. Somebody gets out there and gives a speech. This is who I am. This is what I believe. You can vote for me. And then he goes backstage and says what he really thinks. And there's somebody there with a mic. He didn't know there was somebody there with a mic, but people out there can hear it. Or it gets recorded and played back later. It's called a hot mic moment. This is what I wanted you to believe, but this is what I really believe. It has to be, in the life of a Christian, it has to be consistent. My relationship with God, others, myself, what do I believe about honesty and integrity, fidelity, generosity, all these different things. What would you change about yourself on the inside if you could? Would it be an impatient spirit? Would it be a critical tongue? Would it be envy of those around you? Would it be a spirit of discouragement and discontentment? Would it be lingering anger and resentment? Would it be uncontrollable sexual temptation? Would it be financial mismanagement? Would it be a guilty conscience? Would it be a tendency to look down on others? Would it be pride and arrogance? Would it be prejudice toward others? Would it be a quick temper? Would it be profound discouragement? Would it be an inability to appreciate life? Would it be an ungrateful spirit? Would it be a disorganized life? Would it be an inability to say no? Would it be a mean streak you can't seem to get rid of? Would it be fear of the future after an illness or a tragedy or just an anxious spirit? I'm going to give you an equation. T plus HH plus GE equals SG. Time plus habits of holiness plus godly encouragement equals spiritual holiness. Time plus habits of holiness plus godly encouragement equals spiritual holiness. It doesn't happen by accident. You have to be intentional about this. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't show up for the marathon without ever having trained and say, I'm ready to go. It can't happen without the Holy Spirit. It can't happen without your energy and your determination. It happens in the framework of being also with other Christians. With whom do you associate? Not everybody you work with is a Christian. I get that. But who are the people in your life that you take counsel with? 
that you share your life with, that you pray with. May the mind of Christ my Savior live in me from day to day by His love and power controlling all I do and say. May the Word of God dwell richly in my heart from hour to hour so that all may see I triumph only through His power. May the peace of God my Father rule my life in everything that I may be calm to comfort the sick and sorrowing. May the love of Jesus fill me as the waters fill the sea, him exalting, self-abasing, this is victory. May I run the race before me, strong and brave to face the foe, looking only unto Jesus as onward, as I onward go. Make his beauty rest upon me as I seek the loss to win. And may they forget the channel, seeing only him. Purify my heart.
<sighs> when you are transformed in Christ, you love to do what you ought to do. Amen. Please stand. And let us affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified.